High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, limo drivers, florists, heads of committees. Oh, and a special shout out to those teachers who are stalking a former student and decide to murder them at the prom. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where means of friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school. Your junior year is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Your homework, first and always, forever, is to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Also, you can check out our archive at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. The home of so many other great pop culture podcasts. And you're really going to want to hit the archive this time because we're talking prom night today. I asked Mike Manzi to the prom once again. And he said yes, of course, as he does all the time. Got to give Mike Manzi props. He really, really powered our Corey lap. So you definitely want to check out all those Two Corey's movies we covered this year, Corinthians 1, as we're calling it. Definitely, definitely check that out at cageclub.me. But also, today, Prom Night, this is not the first Prom Night movie we've covered. We covered the original Prom Night. We covered Prom Night 2. So check those out in the archive. And his show, Third Time to Charm, we covered Prom Night 3. Then we covered Prom Night 4, a year later. And today is the unofficial Prom Night 5. It's just called Prom Night from 2008. So if you want to listen to all the Prom Night episodes, definitely, definitely check them out. You know what? Do it. That's your extra homework. Take this weekend. Have a little prom weekend. If you have a date to your prom, then cool. If you don't, let us be your date. Let us put the, the what is it called, the corsage on you. I forgot the name. <laughs> what do the men have? The boutonniere? I don't know. However you want to roll is fine by me. Also, your homework. Monday, I hope you listen to the last episode of High School Slumber Party AP. And if you think that's just a stuffy show where we cover fancy movies only, nah. <laughs> this Monday we covered American Pie Girls Rules. And if you don't know what that is, that's like the billionth sequel in the American Pie presents series and they flip the script the ladies are in charge now eisen addington is always my co-host on high school's number party ap so check that episode out as well 
Bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Don't forget that. Come on. You're ending your junior year soon and you haven't figured that out? Sit down. Get your asses back in the seats. Let's do this. I got two more things I want to talk about. First off, I've been working diligently. I've been working hard on the yearbook question, the superlatives, right? We're going to have our yearbook special at the end of the month, and I've been putting it all together. So this weekend, look out for it. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe Sunday. I just want to give a little breathing room for the episode, of course. But check that out and start voting. I'm not going to lie. This was a weird year, your junior year, a very weird year. Junior year encompasses the second half of the pandemic, and uh, you could tell there was a little cabin fever with the movie choices, that's all. (laughs) But we'll pick winners. Don't worry, it's going to be less traditional winners, I think, in my opinion. But who knows? I love it. I can't wait. So remember, social media, guys. And by the way, you've been participating so well on social media. I love when you guys participate and comment, like things to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All these things are ways you can communicate with High School Slumber Party and class participation. It's a huge part of your grade. So do it, do it, do it. And this is where I will put the ballot for the yearbook special, the yearbook superlatives. So please, please, please check that out. We'll need you to vote. It'll drop this weekend. The other thing, today is Friday, of course, and I'm very excited for a movie that comes out today. At least it comes out on HBO Max today, and that's In the Heights. It's not a high school movie, unfortunately. I wish it was so we could talk about it here, but it is a movie I've been looking forward to for a while. I live in Inwood in Manhattan, which is just above Washington Heights, but it's close enough. We call the general area the heights so kind of a movie musical about my neighborhood and about where not where i grew up i grew up in new jersey but about where i've lived you know for the better part of a decade now and about culture my dominican culture my latin culture i actually saw in the heights in previews which in broadway slang basically they run previews which how can i put it It's like a week or two of shows on Broadway before it's official. Like, they'll still have a sold-out audience, and everyone's happy, but opening night, they want it to be perfect, so they run a couple shows as, like, test shows. This is Lin-Manuel Miranda's first play. Of course, you know Lin-Manuel from Hamilton, the sensation, and his acting career after that, of course, and everything else he does but his first real mainstream play was in the heights he's in the movie in a lesser character in the play he's the star but in the film he's taking a seat back so you know some other actors can get some breathing room the director of crazy rich asians is the director it might be like brian why are you plugging this movie because representation is so important and one of the like greatest artistic moments of my life was going to see this play i kid you not i took my girlfriend at the time i think i was in college or maybe just right out of college i'd have to check the year but i'd seen subway posters of this play actually it was off broadway originally i think at the public which is a theater downtown and i had missed that initial run because i'm like oh my god i don't go to a lot of musicals but a musical about like my culture about things I know. This is interesting. I was so upset that I missed that run, but then I saw it was going on Broadway, and I was like, I have to watch this play. 
So when it came out in previews, I was like, let me get in here before it blows up because I thought it was going to blow up. I don't know. I didn't know Broadway well. I still don't know Broadway well, to be honest with you. And my mom was an American Express card holder, probably still is. And I remember she had like some perks that she didn't like cash in on. And I'm like, mom, I'll give you the money. Get me tickets for this play. She was able to do it. And watching that play, I got goosebumps. I still get goosebumps talking about it because it was the first real piece of art that acknowledged Dominican Americans that I saw. And I was like, oh my God. I just didn't think it was possible at that point. Not that I was like, oh, we need more representation. We need more art. I wasn't talking like that at the time. But once I saw that, I was like, whoa, this can happen. And it just felt like I was more of a part of the American fabric and my family was more a part of the American fabric. And if you, you know, come from stock where your family has always been represented in art, you might think, Brian, what are you talking about? But if you're Dominican like me, and you have never seen that. It's just an amazing experience. And Lin-Manuel is Puerto Rican, but, you know, we're all part of the, the Latin fabric, if you will. But that's not even the main thing that I took away from that play. So this might have been even the first or second preview. As the closing number happens, and Lin-Manuel delivers that last line, you know, the, the curtain closes and the cast is, maybe the curtain didn't close, I don't remember exactly, but the cast is just sitting there, he holds that last note. You could visibly see, like, tears coming down his face. He looked so, I don't know, like like he had accomplished something, like he'd finally made it. And that look in his eyes was like, oh my god, I need to chase that. I need to chase that. Whatever it is, I need to find happiness like that. Maybe it was relief, I don't know, but it was just like, I've created something, and I feel like I'm a part of something. And it's that creative spark that is so beautiful. And maybe that's why I do High School Slumber Party, seeing that and like, filmmakers here. Not everything's on that level, of course, but it was just so inspiring. And it still, again, gives me goosebumps to this day to see that moment live. So I can't wait to see the movie. I know you don't get it the same in films, but it just feels like a culmination of his art and his artwork. And now he's like an American sensation right so i don't know and by the way lin-manuel has always been a big part of this community i remember he used to run uh movie nights at the united palace theater which is a beautiful theater a couple subway stops from me it's one of those old lowe's theaters a lot of them have been knocked down uh, but look it up and you know they hardly had enough money for projector at the time so to raise money for Oh, it was for a new screen. They had the projector. They needed a new screen. Those screens cost a lot of money. So to raise money, he would throw these movie nights, and he would be at the door shaking your hand. Remember, this is pre-Hamilton blowing up, so it wasn't as crazy. And he, and just like his enthusiasm, saw Ghostbusters there, saw the Warriors there. He would bring people in. He, he screened West Side Story and brought in Rita Moreno, the legendary Rita Moreno, to this community theater. I mean... Again, I admire this man so much, and I don't like to put people on a pedestal a lot, believe it or not. I don't. Molly Ringwald's up there, but Lin-Manuel Miranda's up there. So, again, I'm so excited today. Hopefully the movie's good, but I'm so excited today to watch In the Heights on HBO Max. And that's my little spiel. This is my soapbox, so thank you for letting me speak. And today we're going to talk about a movie that's not on that level, that did not give me those kind of feels, but love talking to Mike Manzi, love talking about prom. I suppose. So, pack your favorite jammies, 
tell your mother sipping up Ryan's because we're about to get our party on. Let's see. I leave you with a song off the prom night soundtrack, of course. It's a cover. Time of the Season, which I love the original, but this one is by Ben Taylor. Class dismissed. Yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be a reboot, but is it? I don't know. We'll get into that. Mike, thank you for coming on. I feel like you haven't been on in a while, so I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, nice to see you in the flesh, by the way. That was was a good time. uh, Yeah, saw each other the other other day at Joey's Cool Barbecue, uh, Mm -hmm. Cage Club co-founder Joey Lewandowski. It was nice to see you in the flesh as well, but as we were discussing at that party... I, I don't know. I need to count up the hours that we talked between times of physically seeing each other, not counting the time that I borrowed the Greg Araki movie. <laughs> I know. Yeah. When we <laughs> just saw each other for a minute between our protective gear and all that jazz at the time. No, yeah. We should uh, try and tally that up somehow. <laughs> because I said, like, it has to be over 24 hours, but you're like, of course. But And if you think about it, it's definitely over 24 hours. We did, like, nine Corey movies that were at least two hours right. of talking. Yeah, yeah, and I remember spending time telling you how, like, not that I regret it, but I didn't didn't expect it to hit me that way. I felt like I was trained and ready as a podcaster and viewer to just, like, kind of handle anything at this point. But then I got to thinking when I got home that night, like, man, if it was just hard for me to watch that many Corey movies, imagine what it was like on those kids to make that many Corey movies. That's a really good point. That's a really, really good point. (laughs) We can't really be complaining. I mean, look, we had a good time. We saw some really fun movies, but it was a little grueling. But you're right. Like, like production-wise, to be like kids and have to do those movies back to back to back and we yeah, have yeah. double digits more we have to cover in later yeah we're not years. even done watching them yeah and like <laughs> our friendship was natural it wasn't even forced like we weren't thrown together to be friends like they were <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like we want to hang out in the first place and still still <laughs> it's so true <laughs> 
But of course, today we we've left the Corys and Mike. Yeah. We're at prom once yeah, again. Yeah, this is this is a whole other vibe, you know. Like I, I committed to prom. I feel like it was years ago, but I think it was just last year where we started the crossovers. Or no, maybe two, two, two years. It was, definitely was two years ago because I think okay. we did prom night one and two on my show two years ago. Then yeah. you did prom night three on your show two years ago. Yeah. And then last year we did prom night four. I think that's Deliver Us from Evil. Right, with the killer priest, which like, yeah. had no prom in it. I was trying to go back and remember uh, bits and pieces of each of them. And prom night one, disco prom with Jamie Lee, obviously. The prom childhood night. Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our favorite was the kid with the van, remember? Yeah, the kid. <laughs> van kid. Um, prom night two, hello Mary Lou. You know now a cult classic. I've discovered. You know after we watched that, I come to find out that like that is well regarded in the horror community for sure as a, as a fun movie. And then part three was the hardest to sort of recall from because it felt like a lot of it was retread of part two, but it was with a boy and there was like a hell prom at the end, I believe. Oh, you know sort what? Sort of I, like I, a Freddy movie, maybe. <laughs> I was doing the same thing in my head, and I could not remember prom night three, and I kept confusing it with just like slumber party massacre stuff same same because i think we were starting that around the same time yeah it was like the doing same those year. congruent kind of and then part four was easy because i remember being super disappointed that it was just like the killer priest movie or whatever that turned out to be i can't recall it again exactly just very little prom at least in this prom night we do get a lot of prom yeah it's mostly prom which if you haven't been to one Now's your chance, you know, like this is legit, (laughs) like feels like they shot a prom, you know, while they were shooting an Idris Elba crime thriller. (laughs) In that sense, you know, it's a big plus here. We've also talked other prom movies like uh, Blockers together and stuff Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. So if you guys are tuning in today to be like, oh, they're probably going to talk about their prom experiences. Uh, you know, I'm not going to ask you again. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's been covered pretty much. <laughs> Nothing oh, too great either. Oh, but by the way, I think I should introduce myself because something interesting kind oh. of developed along those lines. So, uh, you know, Mike Manzi, RHS, class of 97, go Maroons. However, there's some news on Maroons mascots, aren't there? That's right, Mike. Uh, I think listener Andrew Ant on Twitter, at, at Roughneck29, uh, was watching, yes, the high school thriller. Maybe I need to put this on my list. I've never heard of it. I Still See You. Have you heard of this film? No, I've not heard of it, but I you know, did a little search of it after. So, interesting. Yeah, so uh, they screenshotted something from the film, and it says Home of the Maroons. So you're not the only Maroon. Yeah. I guess the team in the school is called the Maroons. It's like a basketball hoop with the... With the school in the background. So thank you, Andrew, for posting that. That's really cool. And you're yeah, not alone, yeah. Mike. You're not alone. I know. I just did a quick check to see if they did film that in my high school, and they did not. But oh. <laughs> it's another one out there somewhere. Yeah. And thank you for reminding me to introduce yourself. I was going to forget this time. <laughs> I know. I was on the verge of just not doing it, and I was like, I should just catch myself and just get that out. And remember, plus, the, guys, plus the little like additional sort of trivia. For sure. And remember, guys, class participation is a huge part of your grade. So thank you for participating, Andrew. And you know what? You want shout-outs on the pod? You participate. <laughs> Simple as that. So. <laughs> but of course, the main reason we're doing this prom night is, as, as we've said, we've covered all the other prom nights. We kind of joked about this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
We're more like chaperones at this point, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember on previous episodes you said you hadn't seen this one. Is that still the case today? Is this your first watch? Yes, this is my very first watch of this one. And uh, just if you're out there, you want to watch the extended cut or the uncut version, which has an extra minute of footage. Oh my God. So be sure to watch that. Brian, I know like recently we've been sort of researching multiple edits right especially our boy uh, uncle francis francis uncle ford francis. coppola almost every one of his movies at this point has at least two cuts uh, at so least yeah waiting, waiting for that dracula cut come on now <laughs> just wanted to you know put that out psa <laughs> i actually have some information on that it was in the imdb trivia so we'll talk about that extended cut but this film it would not have been on my radar at all if we hadn't done the other prom night films and again if you haven't seen it and you're like oh cool this must have like a through line with the other prom nights first of all the other prom nights have kind of a weird through line that they take place mm-hmm. at like the same high school but it's a very different high school like film wise and like they don't really call back to the previous film so much Mm -hmm. they're almost like alternate universe sequels where there's like elements and it's thematically prom night and linked certain ways but like not directly and they're also distinctly canadian like they're really big canadian horror pictures which i like that aspect i like the charm of that that's not here there's like no connection except that it has to do with prom there's even he's his name is escaping me the first four prom nights have like the same actor if you recall like in different roles oh like that's he's, right he's like the priest in the last one but he's like a kid in the first one this one does not have that actor and like shame on the director like just put him in that's all i needed yeah but, no. yeah that's how you get clout you know that's how this movie sort of stands out in the horror community as opposed to just being as around this time especially i remember just sort of another property to reboot and kind of grab that cash and get that get that sort of name out there again remember prom night jamie lee Kurt, like just to sell more copies of the original almost than than go to check out this new one but it seems to have been kind of you know lost in that mix and not really well kind of remembered for sure and the thing about that too is like as you know when i started this podcast i wasn't really into horror and I started with the classics here, like Halloween and Scream and things like that. Then, you know, you got me into some, maybe not classics, but classics, mm-hmm. maybe not classics to everybody, but classics in the genre, like Slumber Party Massacre, like the original Prom Nights, like stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? I feel like I introduced you to like another tier with like Day of the Dead and, yes. and stuff like those. Like you get a little more underground, but still on the surface of... Like, what the public is still aware of, you know? Like, uh, titles they may have heard of, but movies they might not have seen, that kind of situation. It wasn't until later where I think we dragged you down a little further <laughs> the rabbit hole. Uh, I didn't have you on the Leprechaun 3 episode. That was still Dan Cologne, but, you know, those are the <laughs> kinds of things you're kind of missing out on. <laughs> this, though, this is like the horror that I, again, would never have seen unless it was for this podcast, right? Like, this is, I don't know, I don't want to call it forgettable horror or just like... It's not a touchstone of culture. It's not something people talk about. And I feel like I watch a lot of teen films that might be that, but not a lot of horror films that are like that, if that makes sense. And if they are, they're like horror comedies. They're not like this. Yeah, which sort of the original Prom Night series kind of veered more heavily into. Like, this is played way more straight and grounded than any of the previous 
prom nights. You know, there's nothing supernatural happening here, which is uh, just about everything in those sequels. And it doesn't really rely on sort of, you know, disco or, or some, you know what I'm saying? It's not really drawing anything from the time. In 2008, their prom is themed to be a red carpet event. Like, what's that? You know, like it could take place anytime. Like we need like Pokemon or so. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> saying. 2008 is later. It was some, something. But you catch the drift. So, yeah, this prom night, I couldn't get a lot of background just that they wanted to reboot the series since 2004. They finally got it off the ground and released it in 2008. The director is Nelson McCormick. He's done a lot of TV stuff. Not a lot of movie stuff, to be honest with you. So I'm going to read the back of the DVD in case you're not familiar with it. And you'll see if you're big, like, OG Prom Night fans that the only thing related really is prom. And murder, obviously. <laughs> but here it goes. I mean, obvious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Three years ago, Donna watched in horror as an obsessed predator murdered her family. Tonight is her senior prom, and although she's anxious about the past, she's excited to celebrate her future with her friends. What Donna doesn't know is that the deranged psychopath has escaped from the asylum. He's returned to hunt her down, intent on killing anyone who gets in his way. As the night races towards its heart-pounding conclusion, the question becomes not who will be prom queen, but who will survive the killer's rampage. Pretty good. And as you were reading that, you know, I have to go back and correct myself because there is something a little timely about this after all. And it's sort of right there. It's this like, not crazed teacher, but the teacher student relationship. I feel like that was really coming around in the newspapers, like in the early 2000s, even like Adam Sandler did That's My Boy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, one of your favorites. Yeah, you know, shout out Kyle, the foodie man, and I love that one. Uh, I think it's Sandler's only R-rated comedy along those. Anyway, so like, as you're reading that, that caught my attention. And I think that's like a smart hook to the premise. I think that's good to use the crazed teacher. I think what they needed to do, though, was like, have him be a little more demonic like they really needed him to do like some kind of something more ritualistic i don't know it, it kind of felt we'll get into it we'll get into it but but they needed to they had a good premise they needed to juice that a little more yeah yeah i feel like there's some good bones here but this is one of these movies that i just i don't know i like struggled caring about if that makes sense totally because there's like no characters until <laughs> idris elba shows up as the amazing detective uh, he's great it's just there's something like again so unmemorable about this film that i was having yeah. struggle i couldn't even remember people's names i remember donna you know that's the well lead. yeah by the end i was writing people who have died down you know like if they're dead i wrote their name down and i put a number next to them <laughs> like that's kind of how i remembered you everybody here is just like on the chopping block pretty much except for the main girl but like it's so by the number is the issue you know it's like you you know you've seen this a thousand times like i feel like anyone could have written this version there's just no sort of like energy to these characters there's no real definition to them you know nobody really has like their quirk right i i also had a tough time engaging uh with these people until idris elbow showed up did i just call him idris elbow that's fine (laughs) (laughs) the note i had that's like the purveying thing in my uh notes i guess is that this felt just like a prom video that there happened to be like a murder at I guess. You well, know dude, I mean? if, if you take all of, not even the murder, but if you just cut all the shots of the stabbings and the blood, this is a Lifetime movie. This is like 
my stalker teacher is like this movie right and that bummed me out because like it doesn't even go full on in that direction you know what i'm saying no it's, it's not, not wacky like fear... enough That's what yeah say. and it's not like it's not mom propaganda or anything like that it's just like waste your money to go sit inside on a hot summer day with your girlfriend i guess and eat a bunch of popcorn like yeah, there's really nothing to like hold on to there. I wish it went more in that wacko direction, the lifetime direction, right? I wish we had more strings to pull there. But you're so right. Every character just feels like they're there. Um, they just feel like pretty people at some prom that I wasn't at, you know? Yeah, yeah. This is when I was going to high school, like, uh, you know, oh, a little bit after. This is 2008. So I graduated in 2005, right? So just after I went to high school. So you think I'd, like, relate nostalgia-wise. But you, like you said, it's just so bland in terms of what decade it's in. And, like, I mean, yeah. you mentioned some blood and stabbings, but I got to say, like, one of the biggest criticisms of this film, and I agree is that there's not a lot of blood. There's a lot of stabbings, but you don't really see... Like, you see the stabbings, but they pull away. This yeah. film is PG-13, mm-hmm. and it's considered one of the only slashers ever that's not just PG-13 on release, but even the extended edition, which you said is only a minute <laughs> longer, is PG-13. That never happens. <laughs> this is almost then like a... You know, PG-13, it's it's like my first horror film. Like, I would show this to someone, to the, like a kid who's under 13. You know what I'm saying? Like, they could watch this. This is like PG horror, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, there's really nothing, there's no nudity, okay? And, like, that's what the MPAA really cares about. Like, if anyone says fuck more than at all, really, okay, just cut that out. Believe me, like, kids hear worse on youtube yeah like this is a starter kit like this is for like little kids who think that they've got their hands on like something and they're watching this at sleepovers and they're just like 10 or 11 right and they're like oh my god this is awesome because we're just we're watching a horror movie and like we can and it's cool and like there's really nothing offensive ultimately like kind of going on here it's so tame (laughs) that's so true I don't know. I mean, I'm not like a gore hound. You know that. Yeah, yeah, but they got to be more creative, right? Like, this creative, guy has yeah. no imagination. He's supposed to be a teacher. First of all, we don't even know what class, I think. We don't even learn what class he taught. It would be great if we could find out he was, like, the science teacher, and then he could, like, vivisect everybody differently. And, like, you know, the opening is pretty intense because, like, she comes home and finds her little brother murdered in his bed playing video games. Like, that's pretty crazy, but, like, it's all downhill from there as far as, like, shock or limits or anything like that. Like, they get that out of the way immediately in the opening. And he's not even, like, displaying them satanically or anything, you know? Like, he's just not... I'm kind of scaring myself for being, like, why hasn't he, like, you know tied them up with their own intestines and things like that but like yeah they're just missing all these sort of key things that would have just like made this really good especially if you want to reboot a franchise and yes this isn't halloween this isn't you know nightmare it's nothing like it's no franchise like that but it's Mm -hmm. it's in that that like second or maybe third tier of horror franchises right well yeah it's in the cult status down there right like that's a cool place to be and that's fine and I don't understand, you know, it's just that they just didn't understand really who to give this to probably or how to work it, you know, like you said, the guy has done a lot of television. This feels like a TV episode of like two cops, okay? <laughs> like that day, the crime was at a 
prom and that's what's happening and i feel like that movie really takes over yeah for sure but again only one of the cops is interesting to me <laughs> let's go to the cast uh britney snow is our lead she plays donna i know her from pitch perfect but she's in, been in the same some other things but i think most people know her from pitch perfect the other teens are scott porter who uh he's no the clue. the boyfriend he's from that tv uh the tv show friday night lights so kind of high school adjacent Jessica Strope is one of the friends. Again, I don't know. I didn't really know who she was, but she's in a bunch of horror films if you look her up. And the other friend is Dana Davis. Mostly TV stuff again. A lot of TV people in this movie. We should bring up the killer. Yes. Jonathan Sheesh. 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 Is it Sheesh? <laughs> no, no. I'm just. Saying. It's hard. Sheesh. It's, Sorry, but it's Jonathan. So I also, think it's, it's Jonathan. Oh, sorry, Jonathan Sheesh. And I was John like, Yeesh. <laughs> I was like, where do I know this guy's face? And mm-hmm. I, I looked it up. He's from That Thing You Do. Yeah, it took me till he shaved to, to get it. I thought at first he was Chris Pine with the beard. I was like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. But it wasn't. And then he's also, recently he was in Arsenal with Nick Cage and Adrian oh. Grenier of Entourage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of connections with you, I suppose, in your uh, Cage Club Podcast Network history here. Just quickly, I know we touch on a little bit of him as the killer. I don't think he necessarily does a bad job. But for me, if you're going to lean on this, actually, like what you indicated, this kind of cool premise that like an obsessed teacher killed her family and now he's out to kill her or whatever, be with her, who knows. Like, I wish he was more teacher-like, not just like not knowing a subject, but hmm. he kind of just seems like a general killer. Like, if you told me that he was yeah. a he was a guy from the bowling alley, like, I wouldn't think otherwise, right? <laughs> well, he's definitely like a blend of, and this is nothing to blend because they're almost the same, but he's like Michael Myers or Jason or something. Like, he's got good crazy eyes, but he's just like a dude in a baseball hat, right? Trying to kind of keep a low profile and anyone who comes into his room dies. Like he doesn't even really leave that one room very much, you know? And it's like, if you enter, you die. If you get near his room, like he'll stab you and throw you in the bathtub with like everybody else. Like he's not that, dare to say, he's not that cool. Like he's not a cool, like there's nothing memorable about him. He doesn't have like a great MO, you know? And Hell yeah, he is not personable like a teacher should be whatsoever, you know? <laughs> like Even like a sociopath or someone like that can sort of mask it, right? And put yeah. on like that face and be like a gentleman. And it's like, this guy goes to check into the hotel and it's almost like if you don't rent him a room, he's going to strangle you. <laughs> that was really strange. And again, that's great that he looks scary. It just didn't fit the fact like, like this guy was a teacher. Really, they hired this guy. He looks like Charles Manson, you know? Oh, especially with that beard. Like to find out that he was teaching with that beard and the crazy eyes like he did look exactly like Manson yeah they'd have to at least be like dude you gotta like clean up a little bit like you could keep the beard but it can't be like Grizzly Adams like this idea that there's almost a prequel to this that there's this teacher who maybe she kind of gets close to innocently because it's her teacher and it's a little too close for comfort and he goes crazy wants to be with her she refuses and murders her family you know what I mean that is a backstory, but that doesn't seem like it's this guy's backstory. <laughs> no, it's the it's the girl's backstory, right? Yeah. Like, that's the deal. It's like, this is her trauma, and it's like, we never find out, like, why this guy's obsessed with her. He just is. Like, he just snapped, I guess, one day. He just snapped and, you know, took it there. But, yeah, we, we see, the, like, little glimpses of that in flashbacks, but you just have to 
sort of assume that's from like his perspective and like she did not instigate any of it right like there's nothing like on that end so yeah it's just a little loose idris elba though the star of this film i i feel bad for him because he should have gotten a better film to be in hey when that s detective went to you kid this just came in for you what Got a detective went from Bridgeport PD. I'm, I'm calling about a fax concerning the escape of Richard Fenton. What the hell's going on? Yes, sir, detective. We just yeah. received word from the hospital of Fenton's escape on Wednesday evening. Oh. Well, why did it take three goddamn days to notify us? Sorry, sir. I needed another report. Damn it, I don't believe this. What is it? This is a case I had three years ago. Hey, Joe, give me a call, will you? Come on. High school teacher, he got uh, crazy obsessed with a young female student. They fired him, that didn't stop it, and then when the family got a restraining order against him, then he went psycho. She got home from the movies, he didn't know she was there. She hid under the bed and had to watch him kill her mother. God. We arrested that son of a bitch at his house. We found journals of this guy having fantasies about this girl. He had pictures of her everywhere. That's pretty hard for her too, you know, she had the idea. And he's great, and he's even great in this. He steals the movie. This is his movie, like, definitely, I mean, I'm not exactly sure where he was in 2008. Funny thing is, his his detective partner, Detective Nash, James Ranson, he's also from The Wire, but he's only in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays a character, Ziggy, I believe he's Ziggy in that uh, thing. So I don't think their characters ever cross paths in The Wire. But yeah, this seemed to me like he was using this as sort of a way, like he was using this movie as like a testing ground almost, like, right? Like trying stuff out, like realized probably pretty early that this is kind of like a, um, I don't want to say a shit show necessarily, but like, you know, kind of like this is what it is. And, you know, I should just use the time to try and get comfortable, more uncomfortable in front of the camera, try out some stuff, work on my American accent, like run around like a cop with my gun, try and get my gun to look good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just felt like that kind of role, maybe like not that that's why he took it, but it seems like he could have gotten there and been like, okay, I see what we're dealing with. Like, there's been episodes of The Wire with better production value than this thing. For sure. He's a guy, too, that likes to work. You know, he did three films in 2018. Prom Night, a film called Rock and Rolla, which I don't know what the hell that is. And Oh, I think that's a Guy Ritchie movie. Gotcha. And The Human Contract, which I, hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. The year before that, but he did things like American Gangster and 28 Weeks Later and The Reaping. All right, so he was still finding his, like, film footing, you know? Sort of like that ground, and then coming over, doing more, like, American stuff, maybe. For sure, but think of, like, uh, I'm looking at 2016 now. And I know some some of these are voice things, but he did Zootopia, The Jungle Book. Okay, that's also a voice. Finding Dory, also a voice. But Bastille Day, A uh, Hundred Streets, and Star Trek Beyond, all the same year. Yeah, and he had that show Luther for a long time. And, yeah, so and like... he was doing a lot of TV work. In 2017, he does The Dark Tower, Molly's Game, Thor Ragnarok, and The Mountain Between Us. Like, he's oh, a guy who right. likes to yeah. work. Yeah, he's Heimdale. I forget. He's in all those Marvels things. He well, likes to work. And I guess, mm-hmm. you know, he got this job. And to his credit, he didn't mail it in. And he fucking worked. <laughs> That's what I'm job. saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, not only is he working, but he works. Like, you know. <laughs> like, I think he said, like, I think my letterbox review was like two stars because of the Eldris Alba crime thriller running through the back of this movie. You know, like, that's where I'm 
focus. That's my engagement. Like, I really don't give a fuck about these kids because (laughs) there's no one there. There's nothing there. Like, there's nothing close to the van kid. I can't, I can't tell you, man. I don't (laughs) just like kind of throw my arms up at one point. And even the drama of prom, like, let's take the the horror. The drama? Is it prama? If it's prom drama? So we love prom drama here. We love things like that. Prom king and prom queen. They play it up like in the movie at the beginning. And then it doesn't matter because of the murder. But also I didn't care. (laughs) And also like the main characters are having no issues. Like the main talk is like, oh, we're all going to different schools, but they're actually all kind of close. So like we're not really (laughs) going to miss each other. And then one couple is sort of like having a reoccurring argument where I guess he's the only one staying in high school, right? Maybe he's he's still a high school kid and his girlfriend's like going to college, so he's worried that she's going to like have sex with everybody, right? <laughs> like obviously. But like I don't give a shit about them either, you know? Like who cares about that? Like why, you know, I don't know. It they didn't even play that up well. But that is sort of one of the inciting incidents to get most people upstairs murdered. You know, is to like go check on go check on maybe Claire if it's I don't know <laughs> like go check on Claire. Oh, Mike went to check on Claire and never came back. You know, like uh, Lisa, you go upstairs and check on Claire. Okay, she never comes back. You know, like <laughs> it's so true. And look, I do. There are elements I like like that. Right, they're at a hotel in most prom movies in high school. They're at the school, right? Yes, yeah. My senior prom was at a hotel, so I thought that was pretty cool. Mine was as well. Most people I know it was at a hotel, so that element I actually really liked. It did look like a real prom, but I wish it was more like a movie prom, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you could just, I don't know, like the hijinks just seem different. Like it's weird to not be in high school for some reason at the prom at all. Like we didn't even get a day at school before. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you always sort of get, like, a lead-up. But this movie, like, it starts with that little intro, and then boom. Like, she's at prom, pretty much, you know? Like, she's just basically, we find out she's living with her aunt and uncle, and then she's at prom. Yeah. You know, there's no way around it. That's what it is. <laughs> like, usually, you, you use that, like, day or so at school to to build up your characters, to introduce everybody to, you know... Maybe we could have learned more about the teacher and see the new teacher and like she could, you know, have trouble walking down the hallway or whatever because that was his classroom and on the other side of school or something. I don't care, but like something. In one sense, like I do like movies that take place all on the same day. You know, that's cool. But Mm -hmm. feed me a little. I feel like if you weren't familiar with what prom is and you weren't listening to the dialogue, you would just think this is like a bunch of adults at a banquet, you know? (laughs) Not adults, yeah, but or, like younger people. Or even like a Sweet 16. Or, well, it could or, be that too, yeah. You know, something like that. And yeah, and and also like, it's just weird how it opens with like the therapy session and we get, we get her, I don't know. It's just like, they didn't even really use that time to like <laughs> develop her as a character. They're just like, oh, okay. They just really want to hit you over the head with like, her teacher all it really matters is her teacher killed her family and now he escaped from prison and is coming after her that's basically everything else is just like noise 
Yeah, and not knowing I'm interested in listening to, frankly. Well, well, no, I mean, it's it's not music. It's noise. <laughs> okay, so was there any, like, scenes or moments that you liked or even disliked or anything memorable in the movie that you want to discuss? Yeah, so aside from Idris Elba, like, the main clerk at the front desk at the hotel lobby is pretty great, you know? Like, he was good. I'm glad he survived. He has a good interaction with the police and with Idris Elba I thought they had a fun little moment together where he's like this guy's not dangerous is he and he's like nah nothing to worry about and then he ends up like killing a maid and killing a bellboy and like <laughs> it was totally uh you know why I mean maybe he's not a great cop maybe he should have been like yeah this guy's armed and dangerous like he could have like this is a beard on him but he could be clean shaven it's not until they find the dude stuffed in the trunk that they realize he's under like a different name or something so then they then they clear the hotel and stuff but i like that front front uh front desk clerk i thought he was good (laughs) i like the front desk clerk too i like the hotel staff even though they don't do everything properly like the maid you you don't let someone in just a random hotel room without seeing like proof that they're staying at that room no but he had the card key right like it was the right key i mean i don't know she's a maid she's not like a she's not a bellhop you know she's a maid yeah that's how Hotel rooms get robbed. You can't do that. Uh. <laughs> I liked how she had the master key. <laughs> um, like, I honestly liked opening stuff when, like, she's at the salon and they're talking about getting ready for prom. And, like, your hair looks great. Your dress is going to look gorgeous. The aunt is like, <laughs> wear this for your mom. Because it was very prom you know? Yeah, but it's, but that's, like, time for character development, I feel. You know, it should have been like, oh, Chrissy is up for prom queen too and it's like oh remember when she did this to us and that's why we're not friends anymore and that's why we have beef instead of like i hate her just because she's running for prom queen also which is how it comes across you know which feels like that's the tension i don't know i i get i get what you're saying like there are moments like it does feel genuine i will say but it's just kind of boring for me (laughs) when i'm trying to follow along and i don't really (laughs) care how pretty the dress is i will say this though i liked how they all showed up to prom in like fancy cars and stuff there's a couple like fast and furious looking cars in that lineup yeah that was cool (laughs) we should say like the cast is pretty diverse i mean it's still again stars like a blonde white lady but idris elba is like the real star in our mind also her best friend is black you know, yeah, and she's like up in line to be prom queen. Oh, she has a good moment too because she actually recognizes her ex-teacher, like she should. You know, like she she kind of like breezes by him in the hallway, and out of just like this sense of recognition, is like, I knew, I knew that guy, and it's like, good, thank God. Otherwise, like I would have probably turned the movie off and finished it this morning. You know, like that was sort of like kept me going where I was like, okay, like at least she has like a, you know, at this moment has a head on her shoulders. It isn't just thinking about like getting laid or something like that. She's actually like, okay, like proactive, going to try and warn my friend. She could have mentioned it to her boyfriend though. Her boyfriend's like, what, what is it? And she's like, I gotta, I gotta go tell Donna. And he's like, tell her what? And, uh, and she's like, no time to scream anything to you. <laughs> so <laughs> dumb, that part. Yeah, exactly. And, he, and then you see a ring like he was going to propose. Oh, what was that? Was he going <laughs> to propose? Fuck that, dude. Cut that shot out of the movie. Come on. Give me a break of that Kit Kat bar. I can't now. Like, if that was, if that was character development like give me a break like it should have been ronnie and bobby renting their tuxes being like 
I can't believe you're going to pop the question and him being like, well, I got to lock it down before she moves away to college. And he's like, man, there's like, you know, how do you know she's the one? And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where is that? Oh, God damn it. (laughs) It's funny because we both watch extended edition, as we said, and in doing my research, the extended edition is supposed to be a lot better and more interesting, believe it or not, even though it's only a minute longer. But then the original cut, like uh, reading people's reviews who saw both of them, they're like, oh, the extended edition is better. It's still not good, but it's better. So could you imagine how toned down the other cut is of this film? I, I mean, there's a couple moments where I could almost see it, you know, like he drags a kid into a bathroom and slams the door. And I'm sure that's where it cut originally. But we follow them in and see like three or four stabs go in or something. I was like, <laughs> oh, OK, there's a couple seconds. But like, I don't I don't know, man. I don't I think like maybe what happened is most people watch this first and then the other one second because it's shorter and they realize, oh, I hated sitting through it a second time. I liked it better the first time. Like, that's the better cut. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I I feel I feel like I'm starting to veer too far into the realm of trashing this too hard. I mean, I think it's fine. It's weird because I, I wish I disliked the movie so much that I had more to talk about. I wish there was, like, silliness I could talk about or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I just, I guess I'm just coming across as, like, I guess passionate because, like, I really care about those original movies in a weird way, right? Like, I kind of love them for what they are, and they do have a, a following, and it's, like... I don't know. I feel like it, there's a responsibility to a degree to sort of recognize the fan base if that's what you, you know, that's your base, right? Like if that's your market. So why would you ignore it? Or why wouldn't you sort of like know your history or know where you're coming from? But then I realized like, oh, well, this is sort of an age where everything's just a product. And, you know, I guess I'm fine with that too. Like I really, in the end, don't really hold anything that sacred. Okay, you could do what you want with it. Like, you own it. Like, I'm not an executive. I didn't go to school for that. Otherwise, I could have my way. But, like, so, like, you sort of have to relinquish a little bit of of yourself, uh, you know, and just be like, I, you know, do I like it or not? And and unfortunately, this doesn't fit, you know, even, even with the last one. Like, the last one swang, swang? The last one really <laughs> swung for the fence, by being different, by being like, hey, we're not even going to like go to prom. It's going to be about this killer priest stuff. Like it's satanic panic. We're all it's going to be all this like God fearing sort of that type of horror movie. And that's fine because there's a lot of that stuff like from the exorcist to whatever, you know, anything with like God and horror. And that's cool. Like that's a niche. And this one is just like there's just nothing to really get me you know like it i don't feel like it gets gets me (laughs) (laughs) when i have this feeling towards a film where i just don't know what i want to talk about with it because it just i don't get a feeling from it right i try to look up reviews like i said and see like of the people who liked it what did they say what did they like about it and we'll get to the letterbox rating later of course Probably not that much later, to be honest with you. But <laughs> we'll get to the letterbox rating later. But I clicked on some people who have five stars. And I know Joey and Joe play this game a lot of like, what is it? Like, who has this in their top four movies or whatever? Mm-hmm. I did I did find one person who had it in their top four movies. And no guessing game here. I'll just, uh, you know, say what the other four movies are. Um, it's Velvet Gold, Goldmine, Repo, The Genetic Opera, and The oh. Covenant. They've only okay. ra- they've only rated 11 movies, though, and for their review, they just said, 
you guys didn't watch it right. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what is watching that, it right? like half inebriated on prom night? I mean, <laughs> at a sleepover when you're 12. I mean, look, that's the thing is like, there's something for everybody, right? Like every, mm-hmm. there's going to be everybody, you know, this is someone's favorite movie. Okay. And so for that, it's worth it. You know, like it's every movie's like good because it's, made on one level and if it can entertain one person that's a success like it works for them good fine and like i kind of now like you know i don't discourage people for watching it just because i didn't you know it's not my it's not what i like when it comes to horror like they didn't tee me up correctly you know what i'm saying like for when i think prom night it's got to get wacky it's got to get sort of bonkers like there's nothing grounded about those prom night movies and this is just like too straight and serious for the franchise like i think they could have just called it something else you know maybe a homecoming (laughs) throw in a a football game in the first 15 minutes and call it homecoming you know big party after i don't know but like yeah it just sort of like ended up you know bumming me out but i'm glad that it made somebody happy yeah and look there are a couple people there are a couple five star reviews and a couple people saying they really enjoyed it, and they're surprised with the low rating. Um, maybe I had to turn all the lights down, you know what I mean? Maybe I had to really just focus and yeah. get into the jump scares. I mean, did you think the scares were good? Not necessarily, you know. Like, I got more sort of jumps out of her getting scared from other people that weren't the killer, right? Like, they pull that game yeah. like four or five times. <laughs> like, she's she just is jumpy, you know, about everything, and she doesn't even know the killer's on the loose yet. Right? Like, she doesn't find that out until, like, the very end. I don't even think she's told. Like, he literally just, like, pops up in a doorway and he's like, hey. She's like, what? Yeah, like, lots of times throughout the movie, she's, she is sort of jolted by one of her friends. And that got me more than anything they tried to do with the menacing killer. I don't know. Maybe by not watching it right, like, I am trying to take it too seriously. Maybe I should watch it with more of a of a sort of, like, you know, ironic view or something and for what it is worth like the Idris Elba cop drama stuff is good stuff you know like there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff like that's all good by the book stuff like maybe he needs to be a little more inclusive with his investigation or maybe that's just like a department issue or or something there's just not enough funds and uh you know he's doing what he can on prom night but it just seems that like if this fucking you know family murdering crazed teaching killer escaped from an asylum they would have more people on this fucking case than just Idris Elba like he's not the black superman yet like he's not from Hobbs and Shaw yet you know like He's still coming up in the business. Like, yeah, it just seems like a couple like things like that. Sort of when you think about it, even with Mike My- Michael Myers in the original Halloween, right? Like he escapes the asylum, but like, granted, that's a small town. It's a different. It's like forty years ago or whatever, and like no one really believes Doctor Loomis about the like seriousness of all that stuff. He's almost just as nuts in the other direction. He's like a very Van Helsing kind of guy. Like we don't even get like that kind of stuff here where it's like oh no one believes you Idris Elba like how could he ever escape the asylum or anything like that and it you know and he's like man I got a feeling like something's gonna happen it's like none of that it's like in the news like the guy escaped and he has to like go tell the aunt and uncle and like oh it's like man I don't know (laughs) it was just a weird vibe that he was on the case by himself with his one partner dude as you say this I'm just thinking of this guy's ballsy plan right he's gonna show up to kill this girl, not when she's alone, but when she's with hundreds of people 
who previously knew him at the school. <laughs> yeah, just go to her aunt and uncle's house, kill them, and wait for her like you did last time. Like, what are you doing, man? Like... You're going to the prom where you could be ID'd by literally, like, everybody in that class? Like, <laughs> strange. So, correct me if I'm wrong, did he Did he escape? No, he didn't escape from prison. He got parole, right? No, he oh, couldn't he have gotten Okay, okay. He had to. I mean, maybe I missed it because he gets caught off screen, right? Like, he escapes off screen. Like, everything I want to see kind of with this guy, like, happens off screen. Like, we find out he kills some dude and stuffs him in the trunk of a car off screen. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's a total sort of like Halloween steal as well. That's just like not knowing, again, sort of like not knowing your audience. I feel like they were like, well, you know, people like Halloween. They don't really know prom night. Let's sort of move it more in something like that direction. Uh, and then it just sort of keeps going from there. You know, it just gets yeah, worse. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I, I just remember a conversation they had of like, Oh, he got insanity instead of... I think that's why he was in the asylum instead of, like, getting the death penalty. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I don't know. Again, they could have made that That's another problem, right? <laughs> unclear. Like, show the escape. Show us he's the stabby killer guy and show us where he got that little knife from. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, he's got, like, a raptor talon, but, like, small... Like, it is the least threatening <laughs> kind of looking well like movie wise right like you're watching a movie think of the driller killer from fucking slumber party massacre or something like that you know like you want the weapon to sort of be memorable at least and he's got like this little fucking like claw thing so again not a gore hound but if they took the knife and really like it had a unique shape like you said if they used it in a kind of unique way that scared me then maybe you can get away with that but no they didn't <laughs> you know so i don't know i don't yeah, know yeah dude it's just i just, my mind just started going like oh my god could you imagine if prom night four was about like this plot the kills would all be sort of like subject related okay like there'd be like a math related killing oh. like a english related <laughs> killing you know like a science related killing like i feel like since he's a teacher they would sort of like run with that gimmick a lot right or whatever like if maybe he was the phys ed teacher and they would all be sort of athletically thematic killings like he killed him with a baseball bat he killed him with a basketball like he strangled him with a soccer net i don't know but like all those sort of things start coming into play when you really try and like think about like where can we take something like this like it was a really good idea right for for like not even just a prom night movie though and not even like a lifetime movie but i think it's it's a good idea to do like the crazy teacher killer kind of thing there's been movies sort of right like substitute the substitute things like that where they sort of take like the teacher comes in to sort of help reform the kids and yeah. the students but then he like starts killing them off or something like that so like there's sort of a precedent for that kind of stuff as well either they just didn't have time or the talent unfortunately to really or want to even go there you know what i'm saying like maybe someone brought all that shit up and was like well this isn't the era of like comedy horror in the way the 80s was in 2008 you know they're going for something else i think this is around the time or close to it where even like Evil Dead got like a very rooted sort of serious reboot also, you know, that I didn't really enjoy as much. So um, it was sort of a 
part of the trend, I guess. Yeah, you have a good point there. I was definitely not into these at the time, but there were a lot of franchise remakes and reboots in this era of like classics that kind of took a more grounded approach that was pretty common. So maybe this is just again another one of those things. Other examples are escaping me, but let me let me try to look quickly. Well, I even remember like they just started grabbing things and remaking them like like the fog with the guy from Smallville that was just <laughs> like whatever they ended up throwing together was just like kind of hard to watch. And then there's like the thing remake of a lot of John Carpenter stuff maybe, but like not even just horror either, you know. This was just around the time where it just seemed like Everything was going, well, not everything, but, like, a lot of stuff was going in that direction. It was definitely, like, a pile where it was like, okay, we have, like, original properties, we have sequels, and then, you know, this. So, remakes. Let's do them. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying, oh God, off the top of my head. I know, like, The Hills Have Eyes had a new one. Well, even Star Trek was, like, 2009, okay? Fair. Like, they did that well. I think that's, like, a, an example of, like, they pulled it off. But again, you know, it's still like sort of in that zone. There was a newer uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right, in the 2000s? There's a, yeah, they really took that. I mean, that is, the first one is, is very grounded. The second one really takes off into like comic book zone. And I think like the newer ones are very much more back to like, no, we, we want to follow that game plan of the first one. And these are all sort of supposed to be like that. I don't know if it's an actual term, but I sort of am going to refer to it as like natural horror, maybe like, mm. you know, this is something you would encounter naturally if you took the wrong turn yeah. down a road somewhere and, you know, you don't know where you are. And I think even like the Hills Have Eyes remakes and things like that. For sure. I'm looking at a list now. Amityville Horror. There was one in 2005. Oh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. House of Wax. I think that's a remake, right? Oh, Paris Hilton. Oh, yeah. Paris Hilton. <laughs> It was just the trend of the time. It's like, let's take a horror movie and make it more grounded, for lack of a better or, word. Yeah, or just modernize it. Like, I think a lot of them just was like, okay, let's do it, but it takes place today. You know, like, I think that was a big selling point to a lot of this stuff as well. This was around the time, like, Batman was, was heating up too, you know? So it was just like a lot of what property, what, what IP do we own? Like, let's, let's roll it. Like, let's do one, see if it works. And if it does, let's do another. Okay. And like, apparently we didn't get a prom night 2008 part two in 2010 or anything. So this one was sort of fell by the wayside. I have three for you that I wish we named off the top of our head, but we should have. How about The Omen? There was one in 2006. Okay, all right. How about this one? Because we covered the original on High School Slumber Party, When a Stranger Calls, 2006. There was one of those. Oh, okay. And then this one you should have said. How about The Wicker Man? Almost definitely The Wicker Man. Good one, okay. Yeah, Cage himself in The Wicker Man. Well, well, you know, I guess horror. I mean, (laughs) it's sort of hard to define. I guess it's horror. (laughs) and i'm not just saying that because i enjoy like i get a kick out of watching it and stuff i'm just sort of wondering if that story is you know even the original i guess yeah the first one is amazing that's like a masterpiece but like that is just very weird it's almost like that lovecraft's kind of stuff without showing the monster or the cosmic like it reminds me of midsomar a lot i think that was also a big inspiration for midsomar was the original wicker man and i think the cage one tried to maybe explain too much i don't know where we're getting with that but like love it love it the funny thing about prom night this 2008 version is that i could explain to you the plot 
in a couple sentences, like not just the plot, but like everything that happens in the movie, right? Like, yeah, we already said it. Her family's is murdered at the beginning by a teacher of hers who's obsessed with her. He gets put in jail. Three years later, he escapes. And on prom night at prom at a hotel, he tries to kill her. He kills all her friends and everyone he runs into doesn't kill her. She goes home because, you know, they're trying to get her out of harm's way. Idris Elba, by the way, is the detective. He's chasing the entire time. Then he realizes, oh, my God, he's escaped hotel. He's probably in her home. And guess what? He was in her closet. You know, that's the classic horror closet scare, right? So the, our big ending is that he's in her closet. He grabs her. looks like he's going to abduct her. I don't even know who's going to kill her, right? Yeah, no, I think he wanted to, like, run away with her. I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So long story short, quite literally, Idris Elba shows up and kills him. Shoots him. Yep. Yeah. Shoots him dead. And that's our movie. <laughs> wow. No hell prom. No, like... Remember that locker death? I don't remember which one it was in, but like a girl was like shoved in a locker and then they like crushed into each other. There was another one. I thought that was Slumber Party Massacre. That was in Prom Night? No, that was definitely a Prom Night because Prom Nights turned into sort of like a pseudo Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, remember the one with like the chalkboard and it like absorbed the one person or something? I think I that's mean, two. It... I think that's part two. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. Hello, Mary Lou. <laughs> <laughs> and all the music, all the great tunes, like all the throwbacks to the 50s with the second and third one, and like all the great yeah, disco, no 50s well, maybe here. not great, but like <laughs> all the disco stuff might not be your thing, but like I just love that it's sort of the theme of that movie. It's just sort of, hey, let's do this prom thriller, but like drench it in disco. The second and third are like kind of like Almost the same movie, but like a little gender swapped around there somewhere. I feel like Mary Lou becomes sort of like a guy in the second one, and then he's haunted by a ghost or something. I, anyway, just fun stuff to sort of like recall about those movies. And this one, just I don't know. I just, I just think of Idris Elba now, like running around, sort of like doing his thing, trying to catch that thing you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just forgettable, unfortunately. So, uh, why don't we go to our awards, which I'm even struggling with thinking of nominees for all okay. of them. So, all right. Who is this movie made for? Okay. So it's definitely made for teenagers who are seniors who are going to prom or juniors at junior prom. Like, I feel like it's so like, that's who they want to see this movie, right? Like, that's how it feels where it's like, oh, everyone can sort of like see yourself in this or whatever. Like, oh, there's me dancing. And like, oh, maybe I was that person like next to Idris Elba when everyone cleared out of the hotel because of the fire alarm. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe my aunt was the uh, maid that got stabbed. I don't know. But like, (laughs) I don't really know. I'll tell you who should watch it, though, is like 10, 11 year olds. You know, like this is definitely like up there with like, my first horror movie kind of kind of stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like, the PG-13 rating, they had to be begging for that almost. I'm trying to think. There was a PG-13 horror film that was, like, one of the first horror movies I saw in theaters. I mean, there's a few out there, you know, but I feel like they know what they're going for, for the most part, okay? Like, I don't feel like this which is trying to seem, how can I put it, like... Because I don't want to say, I don't want to, like, give it another, like, sort of back end compliment or anything like that. But, like, I don't know that it knew what it was working with entirely, you know? Like, it just seems like it left a lot of stuff out that could have been fun and decided to just be, like, super streamlined, generic, cookie cutter, right, right off the assembly line. Yeah, like, so, w- so when I was 12, I-, I just looked it up. I saw The Haunting, 1999, in theaters. Liam Neeson, oh, Catherine okay. Zeta-Jones. When yeah, I was 12. Owen Wilson, right? You Owen Wilson, yeah. yeah. And I remember distinctly... I might have been 12, 13. Yeah, 13. I remember distinctly seeing it with a cousin of mine and my uncle and being like, whoa, that was awesome. And, you know, my uncle's an adult. Obviously, that particular cousin was an adult as well. And before I could say that, them walking out and being like, oh, that was so bad. There were hardly any kills. Like, they were, like, complaining. I'm like, oh, like, I guess this wasn't good, you know? But it was just because I had not seen a lot of horror. I was a kid. It was PG-13. So I enjoyed it, right? But, like, they were more horror experts and they were like this was nothing so i'm not a horror expert at this point but as we've said in previous episodes i'm definitely not a novice anymore you're not a novice so i think you're exactly right mike i think a 13 year old goes and sees in the theater doesn't have a lot of horror experience and they're like whoa you know yep i I hate to like i don't want to like throw down as like a snob or anything and like i wanted to like you know what i'm saying like i want to like it i just feel like at this point you might be right like i've just seen this too much I just need more at this point, you know, <laughs> like this is, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's not potent enough, I guess, is all I can kind of like equate it to. All right, then. <laughs> Most likely to succeed. Who won the movie? Idris Elba. Yeah, I mean. His character, like he's definitely getting a promotion or something. He shot the bad guy. He won the movie. So Idris Elba for sure. I wish he was Commissioner Gordon. Like he. <laughs> That'd like, been awesome. Especially in those Christian Bale movies. Like he wouldn't have been as well known. He would have been known for The Wire. So it would have fit into that sort of crime noir universe that they were building for those Batman movies and everything. And like just him in a trench coat with the hat and a mustache. Stash, like oh, we lost, we missed out. I feel like we missed his Jim Gordon. That would have been really cool. I like that casting. I might get the same answer from you here. Wooderson Award. Is there a character you would have liked to see more of in this film? Um, you answer first because I feel like, <laughs> as much as I want more Idris Elba, like he's good. You know, like that's enough. Maybe the killer. Maybe the killer. Like let's get more killer. But we're, I'm curious to know who you think. I just put. The teens, because I would have liked to have, you know, <laughs> learned more about them rather than them just being generic teens, right? That's funny for me thinking that, like, now I'm just into this cat and mouse between the killer and the cop, you know? like Well, this is High School Slumber like... Party, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're watching two different movies. We so are. <laughs> when the SWAT team came in at the end, what was it like? The last 20 minutes, like, the movie's done in, like, an hour, but they let him get away, you know, like they bring the whole SWAT in to sweep the entire hotel, but he's gone by then. Like somehow yeah, yeah. they stop prom, like they go back to her house. She has that weird dream where like she has like this, she wakes up, she sees like him at the window maybe or something. And then she wakes up and like relives the same moment. Remember that? 
that yeah, was yeah. I was really confused by that, but I just didn't care enough to ask, I guess. I was like, oh, okay. no, it's, it's a dream. It, it seemed like they needed to sort of pad this with an extra, like, four or five minutes. <laughs> so they're like, let's just fucking shoot the same scene twice. What the hell? <laughs> or maybe they got into the edit room and they're like, shit, what can we do? Is there some way we could, like, work this moment a little longer? And they're like, let's just use different takes of her waking up from separate angles and play it like a dream sequence yeah i guess uh long duck dong award is there a character whose omission would make the film better would you delete anyone from the film hmm i mean i don't i don't know right like no one's really in it enough is the problem right mm. yeah yeah i don't i don't really have like an answer for you I don't think so. I think we need, like, more characters. (laughs) Yeah, more character development, for sure. And there wasn't, like... I wish there was, like, a wacky person who didn't fit in who were like, does this person belong in this movie? But there wasn't even that, you know? So, incomplete. I will say this much, which this movie does, you know, do well. It's not picking on anyone, right? Like, you kind of get that from a lot of those sort of more 80s and 90s things where there's just a sort of a mean streak in a few of those as far as, like, trying to stretch for entertainment or reach for jokes. It's like, you know, there's nothing really offensive about anything. This movie just, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way. It's not like, offensive <laughs> at all. So, yeah, you can give it props for that. It's not offensive at all. Yeah. I'm sure there's something that someone could find that's offensive. Oh, well, you know, like a crazed killer teacher after, like, you know, the hot teenage girl. Like, that is offensive. Don't get me wrong. Yes, but I'm yes. just saying, like... There is no, like, long duck dong here, yes, really, no, right? not yeah. at all. Again, unless we just didn't see it. But, yeah, I don't see that here at all. Cameron Fry Ward, uh, did anyone look too old to be a high schooler? I mean, at this point, I have no clue. Like, it could be. <laughs> I mean, Brittany Snow did a good job of, of acting young. Yeah, Because I, I do know her from, from those other movies, you know? And, like, she is definitely doing a good job here being this, like, character for what it's worth. Like, I... I knew at least that much, you know, I was like, well, I've seen her in other stuff, so I know, like, she can pop and be, like, way more confident and, like, all that kind of stuff, and here she's really sort of, like, introverted and and everything, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, her boyfriend, did he look too old to you, um, the other dude who was prom king, maybe? Uh, Yeah, I I said all the guys, all, like, the dudes, uh, especially, Mm -hmm. like, the boyfriend of her and the boyfriend of that other girl looked very similar, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they're brothers. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say both of them. They definitely did not look like they were in high school. They look like older college, if anything. But yeah, but you're right. Brittany Snow did do a good job because she usually, I don't know. I feel like again in Pitch Perfect, she plays more a, a very different character than this. And yeah, I think she was able to be that high schooler that was convincing. So good for her. She, I think she did a good job on this movie. I just don't think she had enough to work with, honestly. All right. Let's do it. This might be hard today, but we got to break out the <laughs> Manila card. I'm going to hand you the red pen. Just for reference, Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. 7% by the critics. Not good at all. Yeah. 38% yeah. by the audience, which is better, but still not good at all. Yeah. Letterboxd, 1.7 out of 5. Not good Ooh. at all. <laughs> but Mike, A plus to F grade. What will you grade? Mm. 2008's version of Prom Night. Yeah, so... 
I've been trying to sort of like retitle this into the Idris Elba cat and mouse crime thriller and take these kids out of the equation altogether in a way or something. Um, I mean, just for that stuff alone, it's like a D. I understand people like it, but I just can't tonight, you know, like I'm just, I'm sort of after the whole Corey thing, after five prom night movies, like after all of it, like, I think I'm just at a point where it's like, I can't, I can't really deal with this one tonight. You know, it pushed me too far. Not in that way where it's like, oh, this movie or anything, but it's just like boring, man. Like yeah. I was just super bored. Like I was on my phone a lot, which I never do when I watch these movies for a podcast ever I was pausing it I was doing stuff you know like I was getting into that mode and I don't like to do to get into those modes when I watch movies for podcasts or at all really so like I could tell that I just couldn't keep it together enough so unfortunately that's what I gotta say I gave it a D as well I might have given it an F if it wasn't for Idris Elba and the fact that they were actually focused on prom as a theme which I appreciate. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my yeah. two positive things. <laughs> uh, now that we've seen them all, what's your ranking of them off the top of your oh, head? Uh, two, three, one, four, this. I think two, three, and one. I know a lot of people don't like one. I actually like one. I like the nostalgia about it. Mm -hmm. But the first three are like really good, in my opinion. I, I would watch them again. I think fifth is the worst. I, I think this is the worst one that we're, we watched today. I think four and five, you know, four be five because of Idris Elba, and four, I guess, for no reason really. You know, like there's well, really I like the priest <laughs> element. It's just like I don't know. I don't there's know. better movies that do that. They don't need to be doing that in a prom night movie, right? Like they need to at least be at prom for a couple scenes, at least. You know, so yeah, I think <laughs> I think there was more prom in like. She's all that. <laughs> Prom night four. <laughs> Can you name the taglines of all of them? No, no way. Well, well not taglines. Sorry, the subheadings of all of them. Um, so is there one to Prom night one? No, no. Okay. Prom night two, Hello, Mary Lou. Yes. Prom night three. That's yours. Hmm. I can't remember that one. Wait. Um, oh, wait. Is it something like The Last Kiss? It's The Last Kiss. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Prom Night 4, do you remember? I don't know. The Devil Made Me Do It. I can't. I, that well, one I Close. Really Deliver Us From Evil. Deliver Us From Evil. And the fifth okay. does not have one, I don't believe. No, it's just Prom Night. I wish it yeah. did. That would have made it a little Yeah. Better. I don't know. What, what would you give it? Do you, can you come off the top of the head with a uh, subtitle, Prom Night? Well, what? the poster has one now that I look at it. Oh. It's not official. It's called... A Night to Die For, which isn't bad. I actually like that. All right. All right. All right. Um, I w if yeah. this was Prom Night, A Night to Die For, and it wasn't like a reboot, it just was like another one, and they added some more lore to it, that's, I, I think I would appreciate it a little bit more. I mean, all it needs to do is take place at, what, Hamilton High? Yeah, Hamilton High, and this did not. This took place somewhere in Oregon. Right. <laughs> so that's all you got to do. I mean, it wouldn't be too hard to do that in post either with like some voiceover. It was done in post in the other films. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine uh, getting Idris Elba back for reshoots, you know, 13 yeah, years man. later, like, just to be like, damn, that prom over there, <laughs> fucking Hamilton High. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dub it just because he does all that voice work. <laughs> <laughs> or that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just catch up with him on the set of, like, The Next Fast and Furious and be like, hey, do you mind just saying this one line? <laughs> okay, 
Prom night 2008 sleeping bag. What does it look like? Oh, boy. I mean, geez. I'm sure I picked, like, a tuxedo in previous episodes or something like that or something or other. Or, um, I guess it's, like, very plain, and then when you zip it all up, it's got, like, a little hood that's a baseball hat. Like the killer. <laughs> he's got like the most mundane outfit on and then he's just wearing a baseball hat. It's like, okay. I'm going to go plain as well because that's what this movie felt like, plain. It's going to look like her prom dress, just like the fabric of her prom dress, which is nice, but, you know. <laughs> Maybe a couple stabbing, stab wounds. Oh, in yeah, it. let's put some stab wounds in it. Let's make it interesting. Even though she didn't get stabbed, we'll put some stab wounds in it. All right. Hope you did your homework, Mike, because we're doing it. We're going to that magical... Oh, Brian, I'm one of those kids who did it right before class. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, we're in that magical blockbuster in the sky that has every movie that has ever existed in the history of time. We know that we are renting Prom Night 2008's version for whatever reason. But we get to the front, and there's a sign at the counter that says, Rent two movies, get one free. And I say, Mike, we can't just have a slumber party watching this movie. We need to see two other things. Go to the back, find two other movies. What two other movies are you bringing to the counter? Okay, so I'm trying to course correct a little bit here for the episode, and I'm going to actually recommend movies we reviewed on this very show before. Um, if that's Is that okay? That's legal. Is that, that is legal. All right, that's legal. All right, and you know we talked about them tonight, and they're linked to this, and so I'm imagining these kids bring this movie up to the counter, and... If I'm behind the counter, I say, hey, you know, there's a sequel to this, and, and it's really great, and I try and make it feel like Prom Night 2, Hello, Mary Lou, is a sequel to this movie, and I say, <laughs> watch this one next. So my first recommendation is Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, so whoever's watching Prom Night can then watch that and realize, oh, okay, that's what that's what's supposed to be going on. <laughs> Uh, and then after that, I'm going to be like, yeah, and uh, there's sort of a great kind of like they're not really linked in any, any other way except that you and I watched them around the same time and reviewed them. But I'm going to say, you know, here's an intro to another really great sort of, you know, not as well regarded maybe or maybe not as seen as much series. Uh, but here's Slumber Party Massacre Part 1. Um, introduce them to the Space Baby, the I Driller Killer. Baby. Yeah. That's a genuinely great horror movie, I feel. Like, I love that one. Like, that for me is way up there. Like, I actually just have that on a lot. Like, that's almost on for me as much as, like, Night of the Comet or something. And if you know me, you know I watched that movie, like, religiously. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to sort of say, like, if you're staying up all night, you know, this is what I feel like though that movie should be more like, kind of. I'd be like, this is kind of course correcting you after what you just watched to be like, seek stuff like this out. And if not, that's fine too, you know? If, if you were kind of bummed and you wish that I recommended something more like the Fog remake or, or something like that, maybe the Wicker Man remake, I should have said that. But, like, that's fine too, you know? Next time we'll do that. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming to prom with me again, discussing now all the prom night movies. Who knows what we'll do next year, but we'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> but maybe they'll make a new one by the time. You know, maybe they're rebooting things again, so who knows? Maybe it'll be prom night uh hello mary lou reboot (laughs) from night two part two uh that could be cool i mean there were rumblings that a new slumber party massacre is supposed to be coming around soon right like i heard that in the uh rumblings that now i heard it was made 
by Sci-Fi Channel, but lately they've been running edited versions of the movie on Sci-Fi Channel, and then it's like they will make an R version of it, you know, with like the gore. Yeah, yeah. So like I still kind of, I'm holding out. Yeah, I'm holding out for this whatever's going to happen with the new Slumber Party Massacre. But yeah, man, I mean, I would do another prom if they, you know, that's the problem with me is like if they did prom night again, I'd, I'd eventually, now I'd have to see it. So like I'm in. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a pleasure as always. And again, once again, Mike, thank you for doing the whole Corey series, Corinthians 1. We will continue that <laughs> next next year for sure. But Mike, take a couple weeks off. You <laughs> I feel like I feel like you need Thanks. a high school slumber party break. I think you need to detox a little from Corey's and proms and, and all that stuff. So t- take some weeks off. We'll be back at it with something, I'm sure, but appreciate it so much yeah. and i know the slumberers do as well thanks for having me on so much you know i told you i'd do it and i did it and we've done it and it's over and i feel good now so yeah it was worth it you know um and listen to your ap stuff with iceland so like you know she's she's slowly becoming a uh, reoccurring guest which is very cool for sure and so uh, yeah. kate and i have to watch out because, uh, <laughs> her numbers are going up. Well, Kate has not had a lot of numbers this year because she wanted to celebrate her whoring twenties, as she called it, as we, oh as, we <laughs> as we, as um, we, <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> as we emerge from post-COVID. However, if you read her Twitter, the dates aren't going as well as they should be, or yeah, should be. I suppose definitely check out Kate Hudson's Twitter because it is hilarious so maybe she'll be on more often but regardless mike we'll uh have you on again in who knows when but you'll be on i I have some movies that you need to be on for uh regardless uh why don't you tell people once again where they can follow you and about all your other shows and such yes so uh i'm trying to think of an order here so i guess in increasing importance i don't know (laughs) um first we have third time's a charm third of every month um where i look at the third installment of a franchise brian is on there often as my unofficial co-host thank you brian this month i think was star trek beyond with dan hayden which was a lot of fun that's a good episode then oh joey and i have started doing elvis episodes again so viva pod vegas check that out that's a lot of fun uh latest episode gi blues aka gi blue balls aka sex bet <laughs> those are all the new taglines um o- original cage club still going strong cage has a lot of stuff that's supposed to still be coming out the rest of this year so i'm looking forward to all of that and then uh the monsters that made us with dan cologne uh the last friday of every month dan and i are looking at the Original Universal Monster Movies, the 31 original black and white horror films from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and then we're just going to keep going, I guess. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but uh, we're talking monsters there, so check us out last Friday every month. (laughs) I'm just reading something about the Slumber Party Massacre, uh, the sci-fi one. Well, it is supposed to come out this year. I went to look up the director of this movie, and... Some of these things that she has directed, which is great, but some of it... Oh, that's good. That keeps in line with, uh, I think, the previous ones. Yeah, yeah, right? Again, listen to those episodes, but that's one of the best things about that series is how they're so women-fronted. But (laughs) one of the movies she directed was a Lifetime movie. I was Lorena Bobbitt. 
is the oh my gosh <laughs> so she knows her her way around a knife yes so sorry oh, i wasn't right. i wasn't laughing at your plugs i was like la- i just literally no, no, no. read that and Believe laughed me. out loud <laughs> I, I do not expect you to be laughing at anything i say <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean it like that but yeah so again i just went on the rabbit hole quickly clicked that and i just saw lifetime awesome. i awesome. love lorena bobbitt and i'm like yes <laughs> Joe, too, might have to join us for this new uh, Slumber Party Massacre. Maybe, maybe, yeah, because she does have that lifetime experience. But once again, Mike, thanks so much. And uh, if if I don't talk to you all summer, have a good summer. Yes, thanks, man. Big thank you to Mike, of course. He's helped the show out so much lately. We're gonna let him sit a couple plays out because, yeah. I mean, he deserves it. He deserves a little break from me, that's for sure. But we'll have him back on again soon. So thank him, Slumbers, for Prom Night. Thank him, Slumbers, for all the Corey movies. Of course, though, we have homework for Monday, and I'm excited to tell you about it. Now, normally, the second Monday of the month is the Black Teen Experience. We'll probably get to that next Friday instead, or the following Monday. We had a little bit of a scheduling conflict because there are two guests not one but more on that later look as long as we get to it i'm fine instead we have another series we're running on monday haven't recorded it yet so hope we do get to record it hope kate hudson wakes up from her hangover feeling good because we're talking twilight ish we're actually not talking twilight but it is a part of our twilight forever series we realized this year we would cover one movie that was just twilight adjacent and this year we're covering a movie i haven't seen but it seems crazy af it is a taylor lautner film it is like a high school taken it is called abduction sometimes i feel different i walk around like everybody else hey karen come on Nate. Ready to party? Yeah! But inside, I just feel like I'm a stranger in my own life. Hello? Nathan, I've got something you need to see. I found this site that shows you what missing kids might look like today. Better make sure you're looking closely. Why would my picture end up on a missing persons website? If this is for real, then who are those people living in your house? Miss Harper? Yes. We have a couple questions about your son, Nathan. Son, go down! Run! Nathan Price is a high-valued asset. He escaped an attack last night. We've got 36 hours to find this kid before they do. Suddenly, everyone around me is dying. We've got to get out of here, Nathan. Who are you? I'm a friend of your father's. Your real father. I want the video feeds from every security camera. Track his friends. What's my real name? What's What's my my real name? Track anyone they've ever spoken to. Who are these people? They can't be trusted. Listen to me, Nathan. We're going to find you. Not if I find you first. Wow. Whoever these people are, whatever they want, I have to stop them. You have something that belongs to me. Now it's time to give it back. What are you planning on doing, Nathan? Trust me.
careful what you let out the box. Oh, baby. <laughs> you know we're going to have fun with this one. That's for sure. Joe, too, will be here as well as he joins us for all our Twilight Forever series films. Don't worry. We'll get back to the Twilight movies. We'll talk Eclipse. We'll talk... Uh, what's the last one called? I don't remember. But I love them anyway. <laughs> Those are the most fun episodes we have here in High School Slumber Party. So check them out for sure. Now remember, guys, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Let's leave you with a song. I don't know. I was looking through the soundtrack as I was playing the trailer. The soundtrack to Prom Night 2008, that is. And I saw that there's a song here co-written by Idris Elba. I don't even know what it sounds like. <laughs> but I saw that and I'm like, whoa, okay. All That We Know is what it's called. So let's leave you with All That We Know. The artist is credited as Mr. Minot. I tried to look them up. And their last Twitter post was 2016. And it just says, I'm coming for you, Idris. So I wonder what happened there. <laughs> Later, dudes. <laughs> It's over. Go home. Go.